Thank you for joining us for this next year turnaround restructuring and insolvency podcast series. We'll be exploring global issues that affect the world economy. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a selection of experts from around the world in firms that are all part of the Nexia International Network, and all of whom are leaders in turnaround, restructuring and insolvency. Nexia International is a leading global network of independent accounting and consulting firms. All of the experts appearing on this show can be contacted via the Nexia International website. Thank you. Hello, and in today's podcast, we're going to be looking at India. The conflict in Ukraine, COVID and supply chain problems have all had an impact. However, the impact has been tempered by government support initiatives and a very fast growing economy. So should business be investing in India? And what is the future of manufacturing there? I'm joined by Tanwir Shirolkar. He is a Senior Director of Transaction Advisory Services at nextdime.com in India. He's managed a diverse portfolio of clients from a wide variety of sectors and he's advised many strategic investors with acquisition plans in India. He's also conducted financial due diligences and portfolio valuations for private equity funds. So hello, Tamwe, how are you doing? Fine, thank you so much. Hope you're doing fine as well. Yeah, no, I'm good. Apart from the rain here, it's a bit dull and dreary today for me, but otherwise we're good. But I mean, tell me more about India. I mean, could you give me a just sort of view over the economy and sort of what's going on for business there and um, tell us about what's happening on the ground? Yeah, so post-COVID, I think there is good recovery uh, and uh, we have uh, about 85% of population has been vaccinated. So uh, that's a very good news uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the economy uh, going, growing. But uh, at the same time, there has been some impact of the war. Uh, and this impact has been actually at a global level. And I will talk more about uh, the sectors and the impact uh, while we talk more. Yeah. Yeah, no, that'd be good. So t- tell me about sort of things like the trends that are, are doing well in and the sectors that are doing well um, in terms of the economy in India um, and where you're seeing some investments happening at the moment. Uh, yes, uh, actually, India has emerged as the fastest growing major economy in the world and is expected to, expected to be the amongst the top three economic powers in the world in the next uh, 10 to 15 years. Uh, the investment trend in uh, the next few years is geared toward digitization, okay? And a lot of investments have been happening in e-health, education technology, and e-retail. Yeah. Uh, for last two years, there has been a lot of investments in these sectors. Uh, uh, healthcare is, uh, there is tremendous opportunity for upgradation at every level, right? From infrastructure development to delivery to process management, Right. Uh, then automotive is a sector because uh, the focus is shifting to electric vehicles to reduce their emissions. And India is also becoming a hotspot for offshoring of automotive design and engineering services. Yeah. And is being favored as a sourcing destination for automotive components for international companies. Further, I would say technology-led uh, innovations like digital payments, uh, logistics, uh, analytics-driven uh, customer engagements uh, are supporting investments in e-retail and logistics sectors. 
So, I mean, it's a huge amount going on then. You you really, I mean, it's a busy, busy place. And Absolutely. I mean, surely it's also been hit um, by things like the supply chain issues and, and COVID and now the current conflict. So are, are you finding that investors are actually now taking precautions um, or has there been a change because of these, these big issues um, on the economy? Yes, investors are skeptic, uh, skeptical and much vigilant before investing. Uh, many deals are being structured as earnouts uh, or other deferred mechanisms to safeguard their interest of both the buyers and sellers, I would say, because of this uncertainty. And greater emphasis has been uh, put on uh, understanding targets, cash flows, uh, solvency risk, and working capital normalization. And investors are looking at uh, more aggressive price reduction mechanisms, uh, broader representations and warranty coverage, and more favorable indemnity, indemnity arrangements. Right. So, I mean, some of the um, investment areas that you've talked about are ones that strike me as being directly affected by the awful conflict between Russia and Ukraine. Um, could you talk a little more about how that conflict is impacting the economy in India and the investments around those particular um, sector areas, um, such as yeah. the manufacturing of tri- chips and the electric cars and so on that you've spoken about? Yeah, definitely. The conflict between Russia and Ukraine has increased the level of uncertainty and uh, the direct impact on India is as such limited to the extent of trade between uh, uh, the two nations, Russia and India, which is just about 1% and it's majorly into defense related. But indirect impact is a major concern uh, because it has created negative impact on the economy because of uh, rise in crude oil prices, base metals and agricultural commodities which has increased the inflation in the country and has led to wider current account deficit. Because, you know, India is vulnerable to high oil prices because it's a large importer of crude oil. 85% of its oil requirements has been, has been through imports. So all these sectors like paints and oil makers and fertilizer companies yes. are negatively impacted. Uh, even the uh, fuel prices have uh, uh, have increased and it's giving rise to inflation. And uh, Russia and Ukraine are the major chips exporters globally. Uh, they both supply palladium, neon and helium, which are required for chip ma- uh, making. And I think because of those chip dependent sectors, uh, such as autom- automobile and IT sectors are badly hit. In fact, this crisis was even before uh, the, cri- uh, the war. The world was already facing a semiconductor shortage. Uh, further to add, the prices of base metals like aluminium, nickel, stainless steels have also increased, which is uh, which are these are the t- key ingredients for the electric vehicle sector, which is uh, where India is also focusing. Yeah, so it really is hitting the core sectors in India, then, isn't it? All of this and. Uh, just to add, overall global currencies are also under pressure and Indian rupee is also not being spared. And forex reserves have been fallen from around 640 billion to around 600, less than 600 billion now. Right. And those, I mean, what about higher prices? I mean, are the population being hit by higher prices? And Absolutely. It will impact the demand and consumption and... Uh, even the war ends, I think the, you know, the imposed sanctions on Russia and the supply chain disruptions will at least last for more than one year now. Uh, but I would say despite these challenges, uh, the fundamentals of the Indian economy still remain strong from 
long term perspective and uh, india is very well placed to deal with such type of situations i mean that that is impressive that the economy is still strong when others are really struggling i think at the moment so but but india is still clearly dependent on other countries and economies in terms of its external supply chains right. and it's causing disruption for them as you've talked about so is your government introducing policies to reduce that trade dependency on other nations what what are they doing to tackle this yeah in fact most of the countries have stepped up efforts to diversify their supply chains and uh, uh, reducing their dependence on one single source uh, uh, many multinational companies are adding operations in asian countries like india vietnam thailand uh, even bangladesh and uh, malaysia uh, india has also ramped up their efforts to uh, you know uh, form uh, uh, policies like production linked incentive schemes which facilitates uh, investments and building manufacturing capabilities in critical sectors like uh, uh, drug intermediaries apis medical devices electronic components uh, white goods uh, solar pv models uh, yeah so government of india has been pushing on uh, some economic reforms uh, like promoting programs like make in india and self reliant uh, and making india self sufficient by promoting domestic industry and reducing reliance on imported goods so do you feel that they've actually been successful um in in having an impact on the economy and on on production domestic production and manufacturing yeah uh, i think all these are yet to materialize and it will take time uh, in fact india's trade dependencies with china has been increased recently but at the same time i would say government is also making sustained efforts to reduce uh, to to achieve a more balanced trade with china uh, uh, india has also imposed uh, some anti dumping duties or some sort of duties on imports so yeah all this will take time to materialize i would say so i mean india, as you said before india is making absolutely fantastic progress in the rankings for places yeah. um where yeah. it's great to do business i mean the the time scales of that change from what you are you 142 out of the 190 economies in 2014 and now you're 63 in 2020 yeah. i mean that's incredible that's a phenomenal achievement um and do you think this is going to continue um do you think this is something that's going to go ahead um and continue to in, in, improve and um and what what's sort of going on to do that what's happening in the economy to do that and with the government yeah. so yeah so they have uh, india has come up uh, with the uh, ease of doing business uh, uh, version 2 initiative where uh, it's expected to uh, uh, you know be more active collaboration with the various state governments uh, digitization of manual processes then uh, integration of central and state level systems uh, through technology standardization of overlapping compliances uh, and reducing all the uh, uh, you know further reduction of all the processes and legacy procedures that tend to impede the objective of business and the industry uh, so in recent years i think there were uh, more than 25000 compliances which were reduced I think that's something a lot of countries could do <laughs> reducing yeah. at that kind of rate. I mean that's that's impressive. So what do you think the future is for India? You know, what what should investors and businesses that are listening to this podcast take away from the discussion do you think? What are the the key messages? So, uh, yeah, so India has been on the uh, fast uh, is one of the fastest growing economy I would say and uh, it's real GDP is in the range of 4 to 8.3% in last 
five years. Uh, it has uh, seen a sharp rebound after pandemic. And uh, it is further expected that uh, with the bold reforms and continued higher capital expenditure and investment in sectors like infrastructure, the Indian economy is, I would say, poised to grow stronger in years to come. And uh, uh, a large population is vaccinated now. Yeah. And uh, uh, I would say India's potential is yet to be fully realized. It has got the, all the ability and capacity to become the next global manufacturing up for the entire world, especially in the industries like textiles, specialty chemicals, uh, uh, packaging, electronics, uh, and even consumer dictionary pro- products. Uh, basically, India's attractiveness lies in the untapped potential of its uh, large consumer market with rising disposable income, a skilled workforce at lower wages, and quality inputs uh, for export. Yeah. Uh, uh, India is the third largest unicorn base in the world with 83 uh, unicorns currently and is expected to increase to 100 in the next two years. And I mean, you've also talked about the technological transformation that's going right. on, which is Absolutely. basically what China did, didn't it? It became yeah. really cutting edge in terms of its technology to be able to deliver to the West in terms of right. consumer goods and manufacturing. Absolutely. So do you feel that India is actually following in China's footsteps, but China now is probably not not producing in the same way that it used to? And India's got an opportunity now to step into its, foot, uh, into its place. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. India is uh, expected to be the third largest consumer economy uh, as its consumption may rise, may uh, uh, triple to 4 trillion uh, by 2025, owing to shift in consumer uh, behavior and expenditure patterns. So I think India is working towards improving the, I would say, environment for the investors. And with uh, these reforms, uh, it would uh, definitely make an attract- attractive destination for investments. Yeah. Oh, that's been brilliant, with Thank you so much for your help today and, and for talking about these issues. It's been really interesting and I'm sure everyone will really find this discussion very helpful. So thank you and, and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by the Nexia Turnaround Restructuring and Insolvency Business Group. The group was formed to bring together financial, legal and operational expertise from across the Nexia network to support global clients and international business at times of operational challenges and financial distress. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers, then please click the link accompanying this podcast or visit the Nexia website. All views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. You're advised to seek professional advice if you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation.